Sorry about that. I was distracted. <laughs> Something was more important. What, what, what could be more important than you guys? I mean, the Lord just displayed his, his goodness, his love, and his mercy on us this morning. And listen, I'm honored to be here. And for those of you who don't know who I am and who this guy is and what's happening today, you're in the right place. If you're here to support somebody, get baptized. I'm Pastor Bruce Rhodes, my wife, Pastor Sheila. Stand up, honey, please, so that everybody knows. Listen. And and I say this because we're so focused on what God has called us to do. Sometimes we forget that somebody may come in our house and not know who we are. And so we're glad that you're here. More more than we're uh, identifying ourselves and what we do and what God has honored us to do, we're glad that you're here. And so I want to invite you to turn to, if you have your Bible, if you don't, if you have a device that has a Bible, if you have a device, you have access to a free Bible, and if you would turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, and I'm going to pray so that we can hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say. It's not important what I want to say. It's more important what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you personally to you. I believe that God has a a message for you today, a word for you today. Sometimes it's a paragraph, but I believe that everyone in here has the ability to hear the voice of God through the words that we're going to hear over the next 30 minutes or so, Um, and even through the baptism. I'm telling you, this this is an important day. Ten people will be baptized today. And I... I say 10 people, but there'll be at least 10 people. There may be more at the end of the service. If you want to join us, I'll just kind of echo what Josh said before. If you want to join us, listen, the water's really good. And uh, the Holy Spirit will be out there showing his approval of those who have decided to follow Jesus. And we'll be there. And it's a great place to make Jesus Lord and to walk with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you today that we have ears to hear. Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And so we tune in to what you want to say to us today. We open our hearts by an act of our will and a choice that we make right now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us and to show us things that you desire to show us so that we can be all that you have designed for us to be, each one of us, Lord. I thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. That's just a community response. You know, we say amen because we're, we agree. That's not religious, guys. That's just, okay. You know, I watch TV sometimes and folks are, you know, maybe on a sports broadcast. They say amen. I'm like, wow, okay, all right. It's cool. We're, we're down with that. Um, so, guys, you know... As I was preparing this series of messages over the next three weeks, at least three weeks, and came up with the title, Distracted, I'm so glad that the state of Georgia decided that July 1st was going to be the first day to enact the law or to, to, to enforce the law of the uh, hands-free law 
when you're driving in your car. So I'm glad that uh, Georgia agreed with the Holy Spirit who designed this series that we could talk about this subject called distraction. Distracted. Why are we so distracted? Why? Why, do, why does it come to this point, an epidemic in our nation and in our state? It's an epidemic, guys. People are dying daily because somebody can't put their phone down. I like the bumper sticker that says, hang up and drive, you know? <laughs> hang up and drive because sometimes I, I'm frustrated when I see people, and maybe that's nobody in here, but listen, I'm the first one at the very front of this meeting to say that I have had a problem and I still have to catch myself from being distracted about driving. Guys, years ago, I was driving down to Buckhead in traffic and no joke, this, this was the cream de la cream, the top of the top that I saw this woman. Now, I'm not picking on women, but most guys don't curl their eyelashes. <laughs> I'm not joking you. I saw this lady. She was driving with her knees. Anybody ever driven with her knees? Don't raise your hand. But this lady was curling her eyelashes while she was driving. And I'm like, okay, that's one eyelash. I, I'm, I hope she's got that other eye on the road. Guys, distraction. Distraction takes us where we don't want to be. And so we, we have to watch out where we're going or we'll end up where we don't want to be. Proverbs 4.25 in the Message Bible. I like the Message Translation. It says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. And you know, distractions are sideshow. It's something that is on the side that you really don't need to pay attention to. Um, you know, we live in a day where people brag about their multitasking, but uh, in, in reality, God didn't create us to be multitaskers. You know, we, we have people that brag about that. I'm a multitasker. No, 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 no. God wants you to be focused on what you're doing so that you do it well, Right? If you're focused on two tasks, you're going to do both of them half as well as you would do on one task. And listen, this is an interactive message, so you can say amen at any time. Feel free to help me deliver this message. Amen. Okay, this is, I'm doing a demonstration here. I feel like I'm at an Apple talk. This is an iPhone X, iPhone X. If I had a big screen up here, it would show you my screen. And this is an iPhone X. It came out a year ago, but I just finally got it about a month ago. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> you have to laugh at the jokes and amen at the good points. Um, that's, that's the way we do church around here. I'm, I'm a, a bona fide, verified, certified geek. And so I'm a techie guy that played with computers. I know you can't tell it, but I, I really am 55 years old. So I go back. I go back. That was a good laugh, by the way. Um, I don't know if you were laughing because of the joke or laughing at me. 
but there was a day where I operated a computer before Windows ever existed, before there was a graphical user interface, before there was a cell phone. I remember the days. I'm a boomer. I'm at the very tail end of the boomers. I was born in 63, and so I did not grow up with one of these in my hand. But I appreciate technology, and I've always made a deal with the Lord. I said, listen, I know that the tail doesn't wag the dog. So I never want to be controlled by technology. I want to be able to use technology to help me fulfill your purpose for my life. If technology gets in the way, then you can have your technology. So this is where I'm coming from, guys. But I want to understand as a boomer how this millennial age, uh, uh, the millennials and this current generation, all, all the way to Generation Z, guys. Generation Z are those ones that, that, that don't even have a cell phone yet. But kids are getting cell phones at younger and younger ages, right? And so we have to deal with this. We have a problem. People are so attached to this thing that they feel like they can't give it up for a minute or they're going to die. And so there's an epidemic. This is an iPhone. And just, let me tell you about this. There's two sides to technology. There's a helpful side and there's a harmful side, right? And the research is proving this. People are getting smarter because now they're analyzing how this thing has affected our lives. Attention spans are shorter. Now, I don't have a lot of facts and figures, but I can, I can tell you. You just go on Google. Just Google it. Attention spans are short, shortening because of some uh, of the devices and the way that these devices are programmed. They catch our attention, but then they, they understand that we're easily diverted or easily distracted, right? I mean, it's, it's apparent because we go to the Kroger, for instance, or the grocery store, any grocery store, pick a grocery store, Publix, and we're standing in the self-serve line and there's eight of them. Now Kroger's doubled that and there's 16 of them. But people are standing there and they can't even stand two minutes or one minute until they get up to their turn in line and they're checking their email. They're checking their text. They've, they're, they're sending something on Instagram. And it, it's, it's there. We're there, guys. Even, uh, I'll tell you how much of a geek I am by divulging the fact that I'm, I download the developer betas for Apple products. So I'm already up at iOS number 12. I'm at iOS number 12. Anybody, let me see a hand of a geek. Anybody else using the beta version of iOS 12? Nobody. I'm the certified geek in the room. Seriously. But let me, tell, let, let, let me just give you a preview of what's coming out in iOS 12. And some of you are looking at me like, I don't care what's coming out on iOS 12 because I'm an Android person. Right? I'm an android. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let's don't have a, the, no family feuds in here. But listen, and maybe, maybe, this, maybe this already exists in the android world, but in iOS 12, it, it, it's coming up with something that's helpful because it tells you how many minutes or hours you have spent with a thing called screen time. Screen time. So listen, I, right now, this week, I am down 38% from last week at, this is, an, this is my average, you can, this can go down on the record, I don't care, 
One hour and 12 minutes of screen time with a, I have with this device every day. One hour and 12 minutes. Now, you may think, that's not very, that's not very much. But here's my gauge on my screen time and how it affects me. Am I spending more than one hour and 12 minutes a day with the Lord? Now, I have an app on here that is a Bible, and I do read my Bible every day for about 15 minutes in the morning on my device. So I can say, I can take 15 minutes away from that or whatever. Guys, listen, we have to judge ourselves. I'm not here to judge you by this message this morning. I'm just saying, here's the situation. What are we going to do about it? All of us are distracted. And how distracted are we? How distracted are we? Let's just ask these tough questions. And I know right from the beginning that it's going to get tense in the room. But uh, the good thing about this iOS 12, I'm not trying to convert any Android people to Apple, but you can actually go in here and set a limit to how much time you spend on your screen, on your phone. If you set your limit to 45 minutes a day, it will say, uh-uh-uh, you've already spent 45 minutes today. All you can do from this point on is make a phone call. <laughs> and really, guys, that's what this was created for. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, this is a computer. <laughs> Some of you old-timers really get it, right? <laughs> I can't believe you just said that, you know. <laughs> You're dating us. You're dating us. But... Guys, we used a phone back in the day for a phone. Yeah. This is a computer. This is more powerful than the computer that I had when I first started in all of this. Wow. Wow. Think about that. Man, that's something you could just climb up under a tree and think about all day long. <laughs> wow. But listen, man, now here's the funny thing. I know I'm getting kind of way off here, but men think that they have done this by themselves. But God has allowed man the intelligence to design and develop. Listen, man hasn't, dis, hasn't invented. They, they, they want to say that they've created and invented. That's why everybody hangs their name on it. But listen, God put all the resources, every bit of resources it used to make this device God provided on this earth. The silicon, the, all, the, all the, everything that's in this. Even the intelligence for the men and women that designed the products and the applications and everything that runs on this thing. So let's put everything in perspective here. God deserves our attention. And we have to admit right from the very beginning that we are a distracted society. We are distracted. And I think that there's some reasons why we're distracted. One of them, I think that uh, God didn't create us to be alone. And a lot of people's distractions are because they don't want to be alone. There's a human problem. There's a loneliness. And I'm asking the Lord to help me to present this series in the future uh, addressing the subject of loneliness and how 
you know, the ultimate end of loneliness is suicide. And there's another epidemic here, guys, that we have to face is suicide. I believe God is relevant and He wants to address some issues of the day. But listen, this, this idea of being alone. I remember growing up and I really, I lived my life and all children do live from event to event, right? What's going to happen next? Living in the moment and for the moment. And, and that's great, right? They don't have, kids don't have a care in the world. It's just like, okay, when is the next big event? And you tell them, okay, it's five days from now. And they wake up the next morning and they say, it's today, today, the day, today, the day, right? But we have a whole culture of people that live from event to event looking for what's next. And they're easily distracted. And they're very lonely. We condition ourselves to be busy. And so we have to ask, ask ourselves the question, is everything that we're doing necessary? Do all of us here living on planet Earth in 2018 have a level or a degree of ADD? A fit, a, 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 what is it? Attention deficit disorder. I mean, there's so many uh, acronyms and so many letters for everything, you get confused about what means what. What, is this, what does this whole concept of solitude mean? Does that mean you just have to go hide out in a cave and be alone? Or does God really want to talk to you when you're quiet? But how do we get quiet? And how do we stop the busyness of life in order to reflect? What's important to life, and why am I here? Why am I here? Will anybody know my name when I'm gone? Wow. You know, I'm at an age where I'm, I'm wanting to find out about my father's 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 father. My fifth grandfather, my fifth grandfather, I looked this up on Ancestry.com. He was born in 1805 in Warren, Warren County, Georgia, in a little town called Warrington. Now, my first name is Warren, and he was born in 1805, and his name was John. But I didn't learn that from my father. I didn't learn that from my grandfather. I didn't learn that from my great-grandfather. I learned that from Ancestry.com. So let's fast forward, guys. You're going to have great, great, great... If you have children, you're going to have our stepchildren, our great, great, great grandchildren. Will they know your name? Is that important? What are we doing here? What is, what is our legacy? Have we been distracted from things that really matter? Now, I'm going to kind of uh, back... I'm going to go into a study mode. Look at, look at your notes there. I'm going to talk about the gap. There was a guy named Benjamin Bloom. I'm going, to, I'm going to pretend for a moment that I'm a college professor. And let's say you're uh, enrolled in an er- early education or early childhood development course. And I'm teaching, uh, teaching you about Benjamin Bloom. Bloom's, um, Bloom's designation. He, he was Benjamin Bloom was an educational psychologist. I need to stick to my notes here. 
and he studied the way that people learn, okay? Uh, behavioral changes and the way that people learn. There's different phases of change that people go through as they're learning. And so I'm going to give you five phases of change that we go through, whether we realize it or not, as we're learning. The first phase is the awareness phase, or be, becoming aware of something. You see this in society today, especially in, so, especially in social, social media, where people will make a red X on their hand and take their selfie or whatever and put, post it all over social media to make people aware of slavery or, or certain things, right? We need an awareness of what's going on. People need to be aware before, number two, they can ponder. The second stage is ponder. We have to be aware of something before we can ponder it, before we can think about it, right? You don't know to think about something unless you're aware of it. Right? So, uh, uh, being aware and pondering, this third step is value. See, our thinking has to change into something that we value. Something that's valuable to us. We have to be aware of it, to think about it. We have to think about it or ponder it in order for it to be of some kind of value to us. I'm going to give you four and five, and then we're going to talk about the gap. Four is prioritize. If we value it, then we give it priority in our life. This is how we learn. This is how we grow. And the fifth one is to own it, to take ownership. It becomes a part of us. Now, this is years and years, and I, I know that I'm probably not doing Benjamin Bloom justice here. But I want us to see that there's a gap between number three and number four. There's a gap between becoming aware of something and learning about it, pondering it, giving it value, and then prioritizing your life and owning that thing, whatever it is, right? The gap is distraction. The reason that it doesn't become priority for us not because we don't value it, but because we don't prioritize our lives to reflect the value that we put on this thing, whatever it is, right? There's a gap there. We all face this gap, and it's called distraction. Now I'm going to take you through two examples. The first one, when I say the word diet and exercise. <laughs> I just felt the room go whoop. All the air went out of the room. I'm not going to point anybody out. I'm going to point myself out. How many of us, including myself, would agree and say that diet and exercise is important? We give value to it. We agree that there's value. Should it be valuable to everyone? Yes. But how many of us move from value to prioritizing it in our life? Why do we not do that? Because of distraction. Because of distraction, guys. Have you ever, have you ever made this promise? Tomorrow I will. 
because it's Monday or because now we're out of July 4th holiday and so after the holiday I will or after Thanksgiving I will diet I will exercise I promise January 1st it'll happen and I found myself like you and uh, because we're human guys we're human we are easily distracted and we don't make the things we value a priority in our lives Listen, if, here's the punchline. Look at the very bottom of the page one. If you don't watch where you're going, if you don't watch where you're going, you'll end up, you're going to end up, you're going to end up where you don't want to be. If you don't watch where you're going, you're going to end up where you don't want to be. Right? The thing with diet. Here comes a distraction. You go on a diet. What's the first thing that happens when you go to the office? Hey, guys, the manager says, or the, your, your, your leader says, come on, I'm going to take you to lunch. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to eat Mexican today. Chips, salsa, everything. Bring it on. All right. Well, I can't turn them down. That would be rude. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? It, it's your birthday, and you say, Lord, this year I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. And how many people that have never baked you a cake for your birthday and cookies, they bring them to the office and, no, oh, man, let's celebrate your birthday, right? So many distractions on diet and exercise. Now I'm going to bring it a little bit closer to home, guys. Here we go. How about reading Scripture and prayer? Wow. It got doubly quiet on that one. I'm not going to ask you, well, let's raise our hand on this thing, on this, on this question. How many of you would say that daily study of the Word and prayer is important? Raise your hand. Okay, that's everybody in the room. Now, I'm not going to ask you this next question. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this next question. But if you say that's important to you, how many of you prioritize it so that it happens every day? And if you... If I asked for a, raise, uh, a show of hands, it would be probably quite less. But guys, it's all because of distraction, and we're all distracted. You know, like I said before, I have a Bible reading app on my phone. But there's times where, guys, I wake up, and a notification goes off, an email goes off, and before I know it, I'm reading emails and looking at this or that or the other, and I don't get to reading my Bible. And I even have a notification that says, read your Bible, <laughs> right? There's so many things vying for our attention today. And when you don't watch where you're going, you're going to end up where you don't want to be. How about basic driving skills? How many of you have taught your teenager to drive? And, and that, that is a scary situation for the child and the parent, you know? I thought I was going to be big and teach my daughter to drive, and I found myself wanting to reach over and grab the wheel, and so her mother had to teach her how to drive. And so I understand that it's fear and trepidation sometimes in the car with a teenager. But the very first thing you teach them is to keep your eyes on the road. Watch out what's in front of you, because if you don't watch where you're going, you're going to end up where you don't want to be, right? And we have to admit at this point that there are parts of our lives that don't look like we want them to, 
or like God wants them to because we've been distracted. There's so much potential that each of us have. There's so much untapped potential that each of us have that we're not experiencing because we're not watching where we're going. And listen, God's not angry with you or upset with you. He's saying, come on, come on. Don't be distracted. Watch where you're going so you don't end up where you don't want to be. Why don't we practice bridging this gap between valuing the, the, the things that God wants us to value and prioritizing them in our life so that we're focused on the things that God wants us to be. Back to the tech companies, guys. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram spend millions of dollars every year studying your habits. When you agree to that terms and conditions and you click yes, just give me the app and let me work it and let me experience this endorphin that goes through my brain and my emotions when somebody likes my photo or likes my comment. These companies are wanting to study how you use their applications and how you use their software. And they spend millions of dollars to know that you are easily distracted and you become disengaged. How many people have gotten fed up with Facebook and divorced Facebook before? I have time and time and time and time again. And guess what? I'm back on Facebook. And anybody that uses Facebook, and, and I always come up with this, well, I'm using it so that people understand that God is good and they have an enemy and they need to choose to go to heaven, right? My life should preach the gospel. When people look in my life, they should see God first place in my life. My wife, second place in my life, right? Good intentions. But I find myself on Facebook from time to time scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Have you ever found the footer on Facebook? Never. There, there's no end to Facebook. Twitter, uh, 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 Twitter, Instagram is the same way. You, you can scroll all the way to the bottom and you can't ever find the bottom. Because these guys, these guys know what you do. They want you to stay on. If you haven't been on Facebook in a while, they send you an email and say, hey, there's been 50 notifications since you haven't tuned in to Facebook. These guys are, are intense, intense about studying you to keep using their products. And I don't think necessarily that they're all evil companies, but I do think they understand the value of money and how to make money. Right? For them, it's all about retention, getting you to come back and be loyal to their community and to their product, right? So these companies know that you're distracted. And they know that when you receive a like, that it releases an endorphin. Instagram actually spaces your likes out. So if you post something on Instagram and you're waiting for your friends to like it, they will space those likes out because they know that it keeps you coming back to see how many of your friends liked it. And if 50 of them liked it in the first minute that you posted it, it they just space them out to keep you coming back. How about that, guys? Have you ever been sucked down the Netflix hole? Netflix. 
binge watcher. Any binge watcher Netflix in here? I mean, I get on an episode. They know how to keep you watching, right? Next episode starts in three, two, one. <laughs> Next thing you know, you wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning. You're like, wow, I've been watching in my sleep <laughs> 20 episodes of Blue Bloods or whatever, you know. They know that your attention is a commodity, guys, and they want you coming back. So look at the backside of your notes here. Destinations. What is your destination? Because, it, listen, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be. What's your destination? Psalm 90, verse 12 says, teach us. Think about that word, teach. We kind of skip over that word. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. If somebody's got to teach you something, that means you don't know how to do it. Right? And the, the thing that I found out with God is that the longer that I follow Jesus and live for God, the more He teaches me the same thing over and over and over and over again. And so this, this prayer is, is valid today as the first day I prayed it years ago. Lord, teach me to number my days. Show me the importance of today, July 8th. Show me that there will be a, never be another July 8th of 2018. So my days are numbered, but my hours in this day is numbered. And so, Lord, I want to use every hour, every minute, every second for your glory and for your kingdom. Teach me, Lord, how to number my days. Because, you know, the longer I pastor and love people and the longer Pastor Sheila and I serve people and the longer we minister to people that are at the very end of their life, I have never, ever, ever had someone say to me, you know what? I think I spent too much time with my family and I didn't post enough pictures on Instagram. You know, if I could have just built my platform a little bit more and got a few more likes on Facebook, I think I would be satisfied. You know what people say at the end of their life? I wish I had spent more time with the people that I love. And they'll ask me. They'll get real close in my face and they'll say, Hey, why aren't they coming to see me? And that's a hard question. And a lot of times I can't give an answer. But it points out the busyness in my own life. And I reflect back and think, wow, how much more time could I have spent with my father and my mother? I think I'm going to text my brother right now. You know? And sometimes, guys, I do text the people that I love because I don't want to interrupt what they're doing. But listen, there's something about hearing your voice right? And if I call somebody, I'm, and if I'm taking the time to call somebody, I, I, I want to leave them a voicemail, even if they don't listen to it. But if something happened to me, they had that voicemail and they could go back and listen to my voice. That's why we need to tell people, I love you. I love you. Tell the people that you love, I love you today. Now, now all the husbands and wives are like, I love you, I love you, I love you, Right? We have, to, <laughs> we have to value other people's lives. We have to value our own life. And we have to see that God values our life. But we have to admit, guys, sometimes that we 
live most of our lives message to message, moment to moment, event to event, and then we get distracted from eternity. I'm going to give you a quote from a guy by the name of Blaise Pascal. Blaise Pascal was a French mathematician, physicist, inventor, and writer and theologian from 1600s, guys. This, this guy was old. Actually, he, was, he, he, didn't even live, he didn't even live to be 40 years old. He was 39 years old when he died, but he lived in 1623. Here is a quote from this man hundreds of years ago about this situation of not valuing eternity, not valuing our time and our destination. He says this, Some live without thought of the ultimate end of life. They let themselves be guided by their own inclinations and their own pleasures without reflection and without concern and as as if they could annihilate eternity by turning away their thought from it thinking only of making themselves happy for the moment. Wow. That's relevant today, isn't it? We want to be happy for the moment. And we're content with being happy for the moment. And so we're so easily distracted from our future. Guys, if we're not watching where we're going, we're going to end up where we don't want to be. And the Bible's filled with verses that speak about our purpose and about our our future. Look at the scripture. Uh, the first blank there on the second side is we need to learn. We need to learn. If you didn't get that one, we need to learn. Why do we need to learn? Because we don't know. We've never been taught. And God, by his spirit, is the only one that can teach us how to number our days so that we gain a heart of wisdom. We, the second thing is we need to remember. We need to remember. Look at Psalm 39.4, right there on your notes. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Guys, this is the dress rehearsal, dress rehearsal for eternity. This is not, the, the life we're living now is not the end-all, be-all. We haven't seen anything yet. We were singing these songs this morning. God has more. Everybody say more. God has more. This is not it. This is not it. Why do we get so content with being entertained and, and so with, with, with so many things that aren't really necessary? Remind me, Lord, how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. And listen, that is not a negative confession. That is just reality. Lord, show me how important each moment. Show me that, that, that I need to plan for my destination here. We have to learn, but we have to remember also, because sometimes we do forget. And when we're distracted, we surely forget why we're here and where we're going. And the third blank there, we need to remember, uh, we need to watch. We need to watch. We need to watch. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is near. This was Peter writing 2,000 years ago, and he said, The end of all things is near. Well, maybe Peter didn't know that we were going to be here in 2018. Maybe, right? What did he know anyway? 
Well, he knew Jesus, for one thing. He had an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. But he said the end of all things is near. We need to take, take note of that and remember that Peter said this. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. This is an important scripture, guys. We can, we can play this scripture back in reverse. Those who aren't praying evidently aren't self-controlled and aren't clear-minded. There's been times I've forgotten to pray. Can you believe that? A pastor forgot to pray. Why? Because my mind was clouded and I wasn't being self-controlled. Right? So if it happens to me, I know it happens to you. We're all tempted with the same thing. We have distractions. But God wants us to be clear-minded so that we can be self-controlled, so that we can pray. So we need to watch. We need to watch. The King James Version says there, uh, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. We need to watch, guys. I'm going to end with this verse here, Mark 13, 35. Therefore, keep watch. Keep watch. There's that word again. Keep watch. Wake up. Because if you don't look where you're going, you don't watch where you're going, you're going to end up where you don't want to be. Because you don't know the, uh, when the owner of the house was, is going to come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone. This is an admonition, guys. This is a warning that some of us just fall asleep. We get easily distracted and we fall asleep. And I, my prayer for our church is that we don't fall asleep. In fact, I'm, uh, the Lord is leading us into a, a new season of prayer starting August the 6th. You can write that down. August 6th. That's a Monday. We're going to go into 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning August 6th. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to do without food for 21 days. Fasting, the Lord may tell you to fast social media or whatever. You let the Lord tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do because I'm not your Lord, right? But I know that in my own life, when I fast things or set things aside, I can hear the voice of the Lord a lot more clearly, okay? So beginning in August, I'm going to go on a series after this series called Frequency, and we're going to talk about how to hear from the Lord, how to hear the voice of God. God wants to speak to all of us. And so, you know, we have a, our tradition at our church in January. We set aside 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. But listen, it's time to push the reset button. Here we are in August. We need another 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because we need to know where we're going and why we're going, the direction we're going, so we don't end up where we don't want to be. Right, guys? So I'm inviting you, everyone that, that senses that that's what the Lord wants you to do, to join us. Let's not be found sleeping. Many of us don't have time for prayer because we're watching other things. And even though those things may not be evil... They're still distracting us from God. And what this verse is saying is, hey, 
You need someone, and I need someone too, to call me back to that. Call me back to what's important. What is important? What's important? And so, I'm going to pray, but I want to let you know that if God be for you, nobody can be against you. This is not in any way a condemning message. It's an encouraging message for us to watch where we're going. Next week, we're going to talk about our identity and how distracted we get about our identity, guys. But I care for you. Pastor Sheila and I love you, and we care for you. We're here for you. God placed us here in this community to raise up a church that just loves people. We love God passionately. We love people passionately. Listen, all of us have distractions. All of us are at different levels. Like Josh said this morning, we're all at different levels. But we want to see you saved and healed and set free and empowered and discipled, equipped and serving God in ministry and plugged into a local church. If you're not a part of a local church, we invite you to to hang out here until the Lord tells you, hey, this is your church. If he doesn't, that's okay. You can hang out here for as long as, as, long as you want. Um, we're, not, we're, we're here to bless the community, not to take from other churches, right? A lot of great churches doing a lot of great work in this area. So we want to be a part of that. We want to celebrate with other churches. And so in just a minute, after I close, we're going to come out here and have a wonderful celebration of people being baptized and publicly declaring that they're walking with Jesus and following Jesus all the days of their life. And maybe you've already been baptized, but here's how we do it. I'm going to ask you, if you don't know Jesus, to give your life to Jesus today. And if that's you and you give your heart and your life and you decide to follow Jesus today, we'll, we'll baptize you today. We'll just put you in the group that's going to be baptized. And we may even have a shirt that's your size to be baptized in. We have special shirts that say raised to life. And uh, we would love for you to be a part of that celebration today. Listen, those who have given their life to Jesus, the next step is to become baptized in water, to identify with his death and burial and his resurrection. And so, it's going to be a glorious time. I invite you to stay around, even though you may not know someone that's being baptized. Come out and support those that are being baptized. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Father, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for ministering your word to us today. Help us, teach us, teach us that we may learn to number our days so that we make every day count and so that we're not distracted. Father, we repent of allowing things and stuff and people and just situations and issues to come in our way and distract us from things that are important and help us, Lord, to value our relationships and most of all, our relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you want to do that today.